0: Hello and welcome to this episode of AMLE's Research to Practice podcast. I'm your host, David Virtue, a professor of middle grades education at Western Carolina University and editor of AMLE's research journal, Research in Middle-Level Education Online. I'm recording this morning from the North Carolina Association for Middle-Level Education Conference in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Maxey, Director of Strategic Initiatives for Tuscaloosa City Schools in Alabama, and a member of AMLE's Board of Trustees. The purpose of this podcast series is to highlight recent research published in Remly Online and to discuss its implications for the education of young adolescents in middle-level schools and classrooms. Andrew, in this episode, we're focusing on an article titled Connections Between Prospective Middle Grades Mathematics Teachers Technology Enhanced Specialized Content Knowledge and Beliefs. Now, that's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) It was published in the January 2023 issue of Remley Online. The article investigates the influence of pre-service teachers' beliefs about mathematics, pedagogy, and technology on their content knowledge, specifically a construct called specialized content
1: knowledge that's right david the authors of the article give us a really strong conceptual framework that zeroes in on the concept of specialized content knowledge or sck which is a subdomain of subject matter knowledge their central research question was how do pre-service middle grades mathematics teachers beliefs about teaching the discipline of mathematics and technology influence their S-C-K representation while using dynamic geometry software. So it's very sort of a specific question, but uh, we see opportunities for some great application. Now, dynamic geometric software includes programs like Cabri, GeoGebra, and Geometers Sketchpad that teachers often use to help learners explore geometric concepts in an interactive way. The researchers hypothesized that pre-service teachers should have certain types of beliefs, learner or understanding-focused beliefs, platonic beliefs, and problem-solving or discovery beliefs. If the pre-service teachers held these kinds of beliefs, they would view mathematics learning as the discovery of interrelated concepts, and then they would focus on learning the mathematics in a conceptual level when engaging with a dynamic geometric software. If they didn't hold these beliefs, the researchers posited that the pre-service teachers would engage with the software in an instrumental way, treating mathematics as a set of unrelated facts, laws, or rules. Mm.
0: Yeah, thanks for breaking that down, Andrew. Uh, I just wanna pause for a second and say to our listeners, especially those who might be working on a thesis or dissertation and struggling with how to write up a conceptual framework or a theoretical framework for a study, this study is a really good example. The authors do a great job of clarifying concepts related to teacher knowledge and connecting it to the broader theoretical and research literature.
1: Yes, and that, that's what allows different studies like this to sort of talk to each other. A strong conceptual frame allows researchers to look at findings across studies and could conduct meta-analyses or meta syntheses In fact, for me, uh, part of the uh, uh, affinity I had for this was because my own uh, research and my own terminal degree was in instructional technology. So the whole framework is familiar to me as one that has uh, weight in the research field. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so now let's get into the nuts and bolts of the study, how it was designed, the procedures, and so forth. So in this study, the researchers were working with four pre-service teachers enrolled concurrently in a geometry course and a math methods course in which they were engaging with the dynamic geometer sketchpad software. They were using the researchers were using what's called an an embedded units single case study design, which means they had a single bounded case context, so the geometry course with four subunits embedded in it, namely the four pre-service teachers. So each mm-hmm. of them served as a subcase, if you will, an embedded case. It was a qualitative study. So the researchers used data they obtained from semi-structured interviews with the participants. And they asked lots of questions like in these interviews, how do you think mathematics should be taught? What are your views on teaching mathematics? Could you describe mathematics as a discipline in your own words? Mm -hmm. What is the nature of mathematics according to you? How do you think it is different from other subjects? What are your beliefs about technology? What are the advantages or disadvantages of technology use in mathematics instruction? And the purpose of all these questions was to learn about those four participants' beliefs about mathematics, about teaching mathematics, and about using technology as a teaching tool. And then after conducting these interviews, the researchers were able to analyze that data and assign a category of the types of beliefs each participant held, limited SCK, partial SCK, and dynamic SCK.
1: Right, and then after the researchers categorized the participants' beliefs, they implemented a mathematics task. They had the participants interpret a piece of student work using the dynamic geometric software, and the researchers interviewed the pre-service teachers to determine the kinds of beliefs they were enacting in their interpretations. So, beliefs they expressed and beliefs they enacted. They explored the errors or misconceptions the pre-service teachers identified when they interpreted the student's error and explored the relationship of the triangle inequality theorem with Geometer Sketchpad application. This process allowed the researchers to make inferences about the pre service teacher's SCK. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then after these multiple
0: rounds of data collection, the researchers were able to analyze the pre service teacher's beliefs in relation to their levels of SCK. They then created a profile of each pre service teacher, so each one of those embedded cases. Mm-hmm it's important to note that the beliefs didn't influence participants' SCK equally or in the same manner. So two participants, for example, had dynamic SCK, one had partial SCK, and one had limited SCK. In the discussion section, the authors explain how these different levels of SCK were influenced by the participants' beliefs about mathematics, their beliefs about technology, their beliefs about mathematics teaching in general. The study really underscores the importance of teachers' beliefs, whether they're pre-service teachers or in-service teachers. Mm -hmm. I can certainly say that in my work with pre-service teachers at the university level, beliefs are so influential. What pre-service teachers believe about their content, their students, and especially themselves as emerging teachers, influences their success in the classroom, their day-to-day interactions uh, as student teachers. Andrew, how would you characterize
1: the role of beliefs in the practice of in-service teachers? Yeah, it's it's clearly important for teacher educators uh, to the, it, it, the, the beliefs of uh, pre-service teachers have related constructs like dispossessions and mindsets uh you know it's interesting to me this is immediately sparking what i know about um effect sizes and if, if you're familiar with the entire body of research on effect sizes far and away the largest identified effect size is collective efficacy and it's interesting when i hear people talking about that idea uh they, they usually talk or they often talk as if it means we are effective together, but collective efficacy very simply just means we believe that we can and will do get this job done. Right. So that effect size that is proven to have the highest effect on student outcomes is simply a commonly held deep belief in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, the whole notion that teacher beliefs is important rings true. And then you can see that in a lot of different levels and a lot of different ways. There's a whole body of, of research on student self-efficacy. There's uh, uh, research on teacher estimations of students' abilities or students' uh, uh, efficacy. So, the idea that my beliefs about my content and about how my content knowledge is, is acquired in my content area, it, it, it just rings true and it's consistent with the research across uh the, the, the whole literature. And then uh from a practitioner standpoint, it makes sense. It makes sense that by by what we see in practice, that what you believe about what is possible, what is happening, et cetera, has a very fundamental impact on the way your practice works. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and again, that's something that's true uh, across uh, the the career spectrum, whether we're talking about pre-service teachers, in-service teachers, teachers who've been teaching for decades, our beliefs really matter. uh, And it's something that we need to be talking about in our professional conversations. you know, we live in a country that values freedom of thought, freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. So sometimes these conversations about beliefs uh, might be taken by some as an infringement on their privacy. And as mm-hmm. as as teachers, um, you know, sometimes when we close the classroom door, we'd like to think of you know ourselves we're we're operating and and in a bubble. And, you know, when it comes to discussions about beliefs, maybe that's, you know, something that, that, that touches a nerve. Do you think there's something cultural about the way we talk about and think about things like our beliefs, especially among experienced middle grades educators?
1: Yeah, I I do believe there is something like that. And I think it might be helpful for uh, some of our, Listeners who aren't aware of the fact that i I grew up in Nigeria, so I grew up in a different setting and and have experienced different cultural influences and norms. And then of course, uh, in my reading about uh, the way other other cultures operate, that helps hold up a mirror to the culture that we exist in here. and i I I, I think you and I would be on the same page that we very much agree in the importance of intellectual freedom and the importance of freedom of expression, et cetera. So uh, this is really nothing about dictating to any individual how to think or what to believe. What we're saying is we we are noticing that what you believe about your work about the way your content area now remember sck is specialized content knowledge right Mm -hmm. that uh i it would surprise me to learn that there's any field that hasn't said this is best practice that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean there's a single way to do things it is that it's our observation that there are ways in which the thing we're trying to do works better so for me, yeah, there is an interplay between this and and today, especially. Uh, it's maybe a, a a subject that's of heightened uh, uh, importance or tension around the country, uh, but to me, I don't think that gives us a reason to shy away from the discussion about. What you believe about what you're doing Mm -hmm. matters. And Mm -hmm. from my read, that's the bottom line of what we're talking about here. You cannot separate your beliefs from effective practice. And so they matter to what you do. Mm -hmm.
0: I agree. Uh, I think another important implication of this study is the idea that teachers' beliefs do not operate Mm -hmm. in isolation. So because teachers' beliefs are a powerful influence on classroom instruction, assessment, how we manage our classrooms, middle grades teachers need to ensure that their belief systems align with what they say and what they do in their classroom. So they should aim to align their words or the rhetoric, uh, their practices, and their beliefs. And I call that teaching with integrity. That's when those things come into alignment and that's what we should be striving for. So this requires first, you have to be able to name what your own beliefs are. And that can be difficult sometimes because they're so close to us. Uh, That can come from asking the same kinds of questions the researchers in this study asked their participants. Uh, next, you have to connect those beliefs to effective practice. So read, talk to colleagues, access resources at amle.org. And finally, you need to continually reassess your beliefs in light of feedback and new information. So you have to be vulnerable and ask others to help you examine your practices to determine how well they align with your beliefs. Yeah, Are you teaching with integrity? Yeah.
1: Excellent. Yes. So I would I would add one one additional thought and um, consider this my my professional soapbox, which is the implication for leadership, which is that in professional spaces in education, in a school, in a district, we have to create conditions where teachers are treated as professionals. Mm-hmm. Professionals have the space, and the freedom to exchange ideas freely, to wrestle with their own beliefs and the beliefs of others. Um, Unfortunately, very often in education, our schools and our districts are set up in such a way that the voice of teachers is uh, minimized. There is a clear hierarchy within schools and districts so to me if we if we accept that beliefs are important and then we consider that it is it it is an act of vulnerability to express and explore one's beliefs particularly when there is a possibility that they're not in in excellent alignment with my neighbor or with the party line so to say we need to have we must have safe professional spaces where those dialogues can happen. Uh, because if it's not safe, the effect is very likely to be a simple suppression of my own participation mm-hmm. uh, in such conversations, which I think the research will suggest to us is not productive to my own professional growth when I am not fully invested in the process. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, thanks, Andrew. There's definitely a lot to process with this study. Many ways that that the findings uh, I think transfer um, mm. to other other disciplines. Uh, so, yeah, so much to learn here. And uh, I encourage our our listeners to uh, read the full article. And there's also uh, a companion piece that's uh, posted at the AMLe resources page. Um, that concludes our episode on the study Connections Between Prospective Middle Grades Mathematics Teachers Technology Enhanced Specialized Content Knowledge and Beliefs. The article was published in the January 2023 issue of Research in Middle-Level Education Online, Volume 46, Issue 1. Thank you for listening to this episode of AMLE's Research to Practice podcast. We encourage you to read the complete articles featured in the podcast, which are available free online. Through our publishing partner Taylor and Francis, you can easily find links to research and middle level education online and other AMLE periodicals under the resources tab at amle.org. Thanks again for listening and for all you do to improve the school experiences of young adolescent learners.